Shalom, shalom, and welcome back to another exciting episode of our continuing shiurim in Lukute Moharan. We're continuing to dive into the second Torah. We were learning what is the most powerful main weapon of Mashiach himself, which we learned was prayer, and then how do we do that? How do we learn how to use prayer? Rabbi Nachman taught us through Chazal that prayer is like into a weapon, a double-edged sword, and we have to be so careful and cautious when using this sword. How do we not go too far to the right or to the left, but hit it right in the middle? And then we learn that that is just like divine judgment. Judgment shouldn't go too far to one side or too far to the other, but rather right exactly where it needs to be. Continuing with paragraph Hey, here we go. The Iker Shalmachshavos Zaros the main foreign thoughts, namely foreign thoughts come to our mind, and most specifically during prayer, but all the time we have thoughts that are just not germane to what it is that we're trying to achieve at this moment. It says Rabbi Nachman, the main reason why we get these thoughts that are not important for this moment and that distract us from what it is that we're trying to achieve is through a, a messing up, a destruction of mishpat, of divine justice. Ki mishpat hu Because justice is a concept of the eyes. Rabbi Nachman is going to bring two proof texts. Kemosha Kasev, like it says in the Pasuk, el ein mishpat. And they came to this place called ein mishpat. Vezebachinas ein Yaakov. And then he brings another Pasuk later in the Torah, showing how both mishpat and Yaakov are connected through ayin or ein. It is important to note that both of these psukim show different sides of the coin of a corruption of of divine justice. One is having to do with the place where the four kings battled the five kings in in Bereshis, and that Rashi says that in the future, in this place, there will be a corruption of justice. Most specifically, that Moshe Rabbeinu, and with, along with Aaron Akohen, are going to, is going to smash the rock as opposed to speak to it. And that was not how the justice was supposed to be meted out. And on the other hand, the Ein Yaakov is specifically surrounded by the context of blessing coming to the Jewish people, and there was a recognition that this blessing might not come because of the status or the many sins of the Jewish people currently. And in the Nevi'im, Amos comes in and begs on behalf of Hashem, please give these blessings to the Jewish people regardless of their current status, meaning they shouldn't have to earn it, which again is a perversion of divine justice, but on the other side of the coin. Rinachin bringing these two psukim to show us that either side is not appropriate, and what's necessary is for the Mishpat and the Yaakov to be as one dead center. Mishpat has to be dead center, just like we learned earlier, that the sword that swipes needs to be right on. And through this destruction or dirtying corruption of Mishpat of Justice comes this same similar corruption of the eyes. That the bribery blinds the eyes of the wise. And it's important to note here that when it comes to court cases, to judgments, judges must judge based on what it is that they can see with their eyes, not from hearsay, not from what someone told them, not from what they think maybe is the situation, but what they actually have, the real life evidence. Therefore, mishpat is connected to eyes. And this idea is connected to the foreign thoughts that come to us, specifically during tefillah, during prayer. Because these are like clouds that are covering our eyes. Like the Pesach says in Eicha, 
Sakoisa v'ananlach, that you have covered yourself with a cloud. Continuing, that in the future, the concept of mishpat will be completely fixed. What does this mean? Like the Pasuk says, that through mishpat, through judgment and justice, Zion will be redeemed. Azai, then, yisaber ananin dimechasin al eina, that then the clouds that cover our eyes will pass. Kamoshikasiv, like it says in the Pasik, ki ayin ba'ayin yiru b'shuva Hashem tziyayin, that that eye to eye, they will see Hashem returning to Zion, meaning there's nothing covering the eyes. It's direct, one eye to the other. No clouds or machshavo zaros or anything that could come between one eye and the other. nikra Yosef, and because of this, Yosef is called ben poras ale ayin, a, a favored or fruitful son to the eye or the well in this case. Yosef is connected to the eye, which is connected to Shmira Sabris, which we know is the Mida, the character trait that Yosef HaTzadik perfected during the many challenges of his life. Yosef HaTzadik was known as the rock star par excellence when it comes to fulfilling the edicts of Shmira Sabris. Additionally, Ben Poros Ali Ayin, Ali Ayin literally means above the eye, that Yosef HaTzadik was able to see above these clouds. His eyes were above anything that would get in the way of him meeting out exactly the justice that he needed to meet out, exactly for his tefillos to go where they needed to go, for the choices in thought, speech, and action regarding the challenges in Shemir Sabris, he was right on. Paragraph 6. That it's necessary for every single person to really focus in his prayers. Specifically, these Kavana should be to connect oneself to the righteous individuals, the tzaddikim of his generation. Ki kol tzaddik shebador hu bechines Moshe Mashiach. Because every tzaddik, every righteous person that exists within a generation is called Moshe Mashiach. Moshe the Redeemer. Kemoshe Matzinu, like we find, shat tzaddikim korin zel zem Moshe. That the tzaddikim, the righteous ones, call each other Moshe. Kemo Moshe shaper kamart. Moshe, you said good. We find in Shas, we had see Tzadikim calling each other Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe is called the Mashiach. The concept of Moshe, who was the one who took us out of Mitzrayim, who was the ultimate leader, is the concept of Mashiach, the ultimate leader, the Redeemer, who will take us out of this current Gullus. Moshe is referred to by Tzadikim for each other. A tzaddik is called Moshe, regardless of the generation or their actual name. And Moshe Rabbeinu is this concept of the Redeemer, Mashiach. Like the Pasuk says, We see from this Pasuk, when it says, Until Shiloh will come, Rashi lets us know right there that Shiloh is another name for Mashiach. Additionally, if you look at the Gematria, the numerical value assigned to each letter of Shiloh, and the numerical value of each letter assigned to Moshe, they both come out equal to 345. Now I'd like to take a moment to explore this idea of attaching oneself 
to a tzaddik. This is an idea that many people find strange, sometimes even antithetical, seemingly antithetical to Judaism itself. It's important to note that our sages of yore, going all the way back, have connected themselves to tzaddikim. This does not mean chas v'shalom, God forbid, that you are praying to a tzaddik, but rather connecting oneself to the strength and the influence of the tzaddik. We pray to Hashem, we always pray to the one true God, while connecting ourselves and our tfilos to the tzaddikim of our generation, as well as the generations of past. We say three times a day in our Shemona Esrei, connecting ourselves to Eloke Avram, Eloke Yitzchak, Eloke Yaakov, to the Tzadikim. This is that same concept, connecting ourselves to the Tzadikim of not only the days of yore, but our generation as well. There is much, much, much more to be said about this topic, but for our purposes, we're going to stick with this, and throughout the coming Torahs, we will see more ideas of this hiskashos to the tzaddik, connection to righteous people, and we'll start to shape out the nuances and what exactly does that mean. Continuing in Lukute Moran, here we go. That every single prayer that a person prays is like a different limb of the Shechina, the feminine aspect of the divine presence herself. Shehem Ivrea Mishkan, that these are the limbs of the Mishkan, the traveling tabernacle that we had in the base in the desert, in the midbar. And there was no Jew that was able to put each piece exactly where it is that it needed to be. Ella Moshe Bilachud, except for Moshe Rabbeinu himself. Moshe, along with Bitzalel, was the architect and the general contractor of the Mishkan. Moshe was able to take the specifics from this Jew and from this Jew and from that Jew and put them all together into the beautiful Mishkan that had this awesome connection to the divine. Bishul Zen, because of this, Tzarich Lahavi Lakasher Kol Hatfilos Letzadik Hador that it's necessary for every single person to bring and to connect his prayers to the tzaddik hador, like the Pasuk says, that we're going to bring the mishkan to Moshe, just like people brought their things to Moshe Rabbeinu, and he was able to put them exactly where they were supposed to be for the overall functioning of the mishkan, and that that highest level of connection when we were traveling in the Midbar, so too, when a Jew today brings our tfilos to a tzaddik, not, God forbid, praying to the tzaddik, praying to Hashem, but connecting ourselves to the tzaddik, it's as if we're bringing our prayer, our particular pieces, as if we were bringing them to Moshe Rabbeinu to place in the Mishkan, but today we're taking our prayers, giving them to the tzaddikim through our hiskashras, our connection to tzaddikim, and they're able to place them, if you, if you could do that, place them exactly where it is that they need to be for the best functioning, for maximal connection to Hashem. And this is what's going on when one knows how to put one piece into the next piece and exactly erect the perfect structure, that mishkan, that facilitated the greatest connection between the Jewish people and Hashem. In review, the main weapon of Mashiach is prayer. And by the way, that's each and every Jew. The main weapon of each and every Jew is prayer. How can we reach higher levels of prayer? Is specifically through our observance of Shmiras Abris, of being careful in 
our relationships with people of the opposite gender. This then brings a unbelievable power to our prayers, and we have to be careful how we lay down our prayers, which are connected to mishpat, to divine judgment and justice. We have to be careful that our sword goes not too far to the right, not too far to the left, but exactly where it is that it needs to be. One way to do that is to actively give tzedakah, because remember, when we give tzedakah, we lower ourselves monetarily and raise the person that we gave the tzedakah to. What happens when we're focusing and we're giving tzedakah and we're being shomer as a bris, we're doing what it is that we're supposed to be doing, we're ready to daven, and then these machshavozaras, these strange thoughts, pop into our mind. One way to help this, in addition to that which we spoke about already, is to connect ourselves to the tzaddikim, to connect ourselves and our prayers to the tzaddikim, who are able to take those parts, just like Moshe Rabbeinu did with the Mishkan, take our tefillos, which are part of a collective tefillah of Klal Yisrael, and put them where it is that they need to be. I look forward to continuing to learn the second Torah in Lakute Moran with you next time. Have a beautiful day.